of, of living in faith. Our, screen, our theme scripture, I put it way over there this morning, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. I love this passage of scripture, but I noticed an error, little error on our sheet. You can't see it from there because I wrote it too small. We missed a, let, a word out here, a very important word. So it, it needs to be in there. So we keep on praying for you. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God, it's personal, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. And we're going to talk about that this morning. And then this part in red is, is really the focus in my heart for this year. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. And I love this part. I was just praying this through as we were singing, listening to you all sing, and, and I love that song, Oh, How He Loves Us. And I thought, this is all made possible. Everything is made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. You are here because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. We can talk freely about our Lord Jesus because of his grace. It is an absolutely wonderful thing and not something we should just skim over. It's something we need to consider in our hearts that this grace, it, it, it permeates everything. And it's demonstrated in his love. And that's where we kind of started a couple of weeks ago. The first call, it says, so we keep on praying for you, asking God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. The first call that God has on your life is a call into a relationship of love. He wants to call you into this love relationship. And that's kind of the foundation of everything. Can we go to the next slide, please? So God's love is the foundation. If you know and you trust God's love, and there's a key to the knowing God's love. It's so important. If you trust and know his love, then you will trust in his promises. His word is filled with his promises. We're going to go through them a little bit later on in the year. When you, when you have a confidence in his promises... You will obey his promises. You live in faith. And when you live in faith, you experience God's love. You have God's love. Every single one of us has God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. But when we step out and live in faith, because it's a reciprocal relationship. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And when we step out in faith, when we begin living this life of faith, then we experience again God's love. But now you're four courses higher. And you've taken ground. And that's what this year is all about, taking ground. But this morning, I, I want to kind of take a little step backwards. Because I think I shared, I did share with you back a few weeks ago, I used to be a bricklayer. So this whole idea of building blocks and everything, I mean, it's in me. And just as important as the blocks in the wall is the mortar in between the blocks. We call it a joint. Not that kind of joint. <laughs> we call it a joint because it joins the courses together. And it's as important 
as the blocks themselves. Because if the mortar in the joints is not mixed right, if it's not the right formula, it's not going to hold the wall up. It's got to be the right thing. So that first course, God's love, God's promises are melded, are cemented to his love through that, that joint, that joining. But I want to f- talk about today the next one up, the one in between God's promises and our obedience. Something's got to happen there for us to take his promise and turn it into obedience so that we're living a life of faith. And it's very, very important. Now, I want you to work with me here. Where do we find God's promises? Say it again. In his word, right? God's promises are in his word. And we did the book of Ephesians back there a few weeks ago. If we go back there to Ephesians chapter 6, you find a descriptor of the word of God and faith in God. And those two things, God's promises and our faith are melded together. Uh, Let me just see here. Paul's talking about this metaphorical suit of armor. And we get down to verse 16 and 17. He says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. How many of the flaming arrows of the evil one can the shield of faith extinguish? I want you to get this. How many arrows, flaming arrows of the evil one can the shield of faith extinguish? All of them, right? This is key. We're going to loop back to this. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I named this message this morning, sword and the shield, because that's that course in between the sword. It's what molds them together. The sword is the word of God. And our shield is our faith in God. Deuteronomy 39, 29 says, How blessed you are, O Israel. How blessed you are, O people of the Lord. Who else is like you? A people saved by the Lord. He is your protecting shield and your triumphant sword. They go together, the sword and the shield. So I want to share this this correlation between the, the, the word of God our sword, and faith in God are a shield. We're going to have a little bit of fun here this morning. I'm going to do an illustration in a little bit that I did in 2015. Some of you will be familiar with it because, you know, I don't know you remember everything I said back in 2015. For some of you, it'll be new news. Philosophically, And spiritually, the Word of God and faith in God go hand in hand. Let me show you what I mean. If you've got your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 18. If not, it's up on the screen. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting beside the road begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. He could hear the excitement. Something's going on here. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So this guy, he obviously sits beside the road. He begs. He he has no way of making a living. He's blind. It was very hard in those days. He's heard about Jesus. He knows about Jesus. He hears this crowd going by. What's happening? 
Jesus of Nazareth, somewhere along the way, he knows Jesus can heal me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, the reason the people would have told him to be quiet is because back in those days, any kind of infirmity was considered to be a curse from God. You're a dirty sinner. You've done something. And this is what God has done to you. You're blind. You're blind for a reason. So just lump lump it, okay? That's just what it is. Now, shut up and let Jesus go by. But he's not having it. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, do you think Jesus didn't know? (laughs) What do you want me to do for you? I got a mole on my foot. No. (laughs) Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Now, what did Jesus do? He didn't do anything, did he? He said, receive your sight. He spoke healing into this man's life. He didn't touch him. You got it, did you? <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. So Jesus doesn't touch this guy. This is the power of the word. This is this correlation between the word and faith. The word is our sword. Jesus spoke healing. And it happens many times in the scripture. There's one time a Roman official is coming to Jesus. In one account it says his daughter is sick. Or another account it says it was his servant. But somebody's sick. And he comes to Jesus, and he gets close to Jesus, and they have this dialogue, and Jesus says, go on home. It's done. Person comes into the synagogue one day on the Sabbath with a a leprous hand. Jesus just speaks, you're healed. By your faith are you healed. There's a correlation between faith and the word. There's a correlation between the shield and the sword. He didn't touch any of them. He didn't tell them that their good behavior had healed them. He didn't tell them that their their religion had healed them. He didn't say, because of your tithes, you are healed. Because of your serving, you are healed. Because you're just a really good person and I like you, you are healed. When Jesus spoke the words, your faith has healed you, his words brought the healing through their faith. These things are locked together. But here's the question. What was their faith in? Their faith was in Jesus. We talk about faith sometimes in this abstract, oh, I have faith for healing. I have faith for this. I have faith. Your faith, the object of your faith is the Lord. Our faith is in the Lord. And what the Lord speaks is true. I trust the Lord. But it was the word of the Lord that brought the healing. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing 
and hearing through the word of Christ. So here's this link again. So back to our building blocks diagram. There we go. Where are God's promises found? In his word. Thank you. The power that activates our faith is the word of the Lord. He spoke healing, but it was their faith that healed them. The power that activates our faith is the word of the Lord. So when you go back to our verse, may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. What things is God prompting you to do? What acts of faith are there that he's kind of got ready for you? If you talk about, if you think about taking ground this year, moving forward in God, what are the things that God might be prompting you to do? You maybe haven't even thought about that. What does faith look like to you? Faith is a big deal to God. It's our half of the love relationship. If you love me, you will obey me. If you love me, that love will be demonstrated in how you live, in what you do, in what you don't do. Now, I've got a definition for faith for you. We're kind of going to build on this. Faith is trusting in the character and the promises of God to the point where you act whether you feel like it or not. Let me read that again. Faith is trusting in the character and the promises of God to the point where you act whether you feel like it or not. Now, I want to take this a little bit deeper this morning. There's a difference between having faith and living in faith. And you might be thinking, well, I have faith. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he came to live amongst us. I believe he lived a a sin-free life. I believe he died on the cross. He was executed. I believe he came back in three days, came back to life. He had victory over death. And I believe that that if I trust in him and and ask for forgiveness of sins, that he will forgive my sin. And, And because of his victory over death, I have victory over death. I believe all of those things. I have faith. This is good. It's good to have that faith, isn't it? Because if you don't have that faith, that's not a good scenario. So sometimes we get this, this, this mentality, you know, pastor gets up there, he starts talking about living in faith. The whole church is a theme for the year, living in faith. And you're thinking, can I just have faith and live a nice, quiet life? Sit over in the corner come to church on Sunday, I'm good. Keep my head down. Why do I have to live in faith? I've heard about people who live in faith. I've read about people who live in faith. It's not very attractive. Typically, it doesn't go well for them. And it sounds scary. And it is scary. So why do it? look at what the the Lord has to say about it. Hebrews 10, 38. But my righteous one, 
Any righteous ones here? Nobody wants to say yes to that, do they? You are made righteous in Jesus Christ. If you are a child of Jesus, then you are righteous. He is the righteous one for you. Any righteous people in here? (laughs) Okay. Any righteous people in here? Say it out. Any righteous people in here? Yes, Jesus is your righteousness. Don't shy away from that. But I'm not a very good person. We know that. But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. It displeases God when we do not live in faith. Now, if that doesn't motivate you, and it may not, for many years, I'll be quite honest with you, when I sat in church, it wouldn't have motivated me. That scripture went right over. So I want to help you try and see things from a different perspective. And I'm going to do this illustration that I did back in 2015. And Ricky helped me out with it back in 2015. But you were late getting here and I got a substitute for you, pal. (laughs) So the question, why should I live a life of faith? Let me tell you why. We live in a broken, messed up world. Agree? It's pretty darn miserable. I hate reading the news. I do it sometimes. We live in a world where evil is prevalent. The Lord isn't going to rescue us from the hardships of life. I'm sorry. There's no promise in the Bible. If God didn't rescue his son Jesus, who was beaten and tortured and nailed on a cross, trust me, he's not rescuing you. If he didn't rescue any of the apostles, and we know 11, 10 of the 11 died a horrible death. One was sawn in half. One was hung upside down on a cross. They were all tortured and died. If he didn't rescue them from the hardships of life, I got news. He's not rescuing you or me either. We're not special. We're not different. Now, one day he is going to bring this all to conclusion. He is going to rescue us, but not yet. And Jesus warned us in John 6, 33. He said, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So what Jesus is saying there, he's not going to rescue us from the hardships of life. But he also does not want us to be destroyed by the hardships of life. He wants us to live in victory in the hardships of life. So what does he do? He provides us with a shield. We get a shield. It was close. We get a shield. What did we read back there in Ephesians? Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I'm sorry, I jumped the verse ahead of you. Faith is a gift. Did you know that? Any faith that you have is a gift from God. It all goes back to this. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. It starts with him and ends with him. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. 
Any faith that you have is a gift that was given you by God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So God gives each and every one of us faith. But I don't know about you. Have you ever noticed how some people seem to have more faith than other people? I'm glad you agree because Jesus said it numerous times. Oh, you of little faith. In fact, the, the New Testament is filled with you of little faith. Here's why faith is important. This life is miserable. This life is filled with trials. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Your faith is a shield. So let me ask you a question. How big of a shield do you want? Can I have Satan come up, please? (laughs) You got saved, Ricky. (laughs) He didn't know he was going to be Satan. Here are the arrows, the flaming arrows. And what are those flaming arrows? They're worries, right? They're, they're temptations. I got me a little shield. I'm all protected. You can stand up there. And I'm all protected against Satan. <laughs> Bring it on, Satan. I am not afraid of you. I got a shield. Yeah, yeah, you're not very good, are you? Ooh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> And Satan is throwing. (laughs) All right, all right, all right, Satan. (laughs) Wait there, wait there, wait there. Now, this is you. This is me. You know, it's kind of funny to see this. It's It's a good illustration because it makes it real. But Satan is firing arrows at you. And you can think right now, some of the arrows that Satan fires at you, those fiery arrows, sometimes it's temptation, sometimes it's fears, sometimes it's situations that you end up in that are no fault of your own. There's sometimes it's stuff that you stupidly do and I stupidly do that get us to a place. It's like, what the? And even that. (laughs) Thoughts. They're constantly coming at us. But if we have little faith, all we have is a little shield. When you're sitting back there and you think you're sitting in safety, With your head ducked down because I believe I got that faith. That's just the proof that Satan has you. Because if you're living the life that God has called you to live, you're not sitting back there trying to dodge verses. You're living for Jesus. You're going to go visit your neighbor. You're going to talk to your neighbor. You're going to do whatever it is he's called you to do. You're going to honor him with your finances, with your time, with your talents. And if you're sitting back there, that's because you got one of these. I don't want one of those. I want one of these. Come on, Satan. Have at it, buddy. Oh. <laughs> he needs help. Satan needs help. Ricky, come and help him. <laughs> you can be a... Bring the demons. <laughs> 
It's Lakeway's new worship band, Hector and the Demons. (laughs) The more faith you have, the bigger shield you have. But I don't want a shield of this size. I want a shield of this size. Because when you got one of these, it doesn't matter what Satan does. He can throw everything at you, and he's not going to get you. Because your faith is your shield, and it keeps you safe. Some of those upper ones, oh, yeah, look at this. (laughs) Okay. How big of a shield do you want? It is to your best interest to live in faith. Not just to have faith, but to live in faith. When you're living in faith, you are demonstrating to God that you trust Him. That you believe His promises. That it's not just, yeah, 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 you know, God is good. Woo-hoo. I talk to so many people that tell me, <laughs> I talk to people that are quick to tell me how great their faith is. Oh man, I got so much faith in God. And I look at their lives and I'm thinking, if you hadn't have told me, I wouldn't have known. Because there's no evidence in your life that you have this faith in God. Now, but God didn't just give us a, a shield, did he? Say it again. He gave us a sword. And what is the sword? It is the word of God. Jesus spoke healing. So there was the first question. How big do you want your shield to be? There's another question. There's another question. (laughs) How big of a sword do you want? Do you want one of these? Oops. (laughs) You want one of these? That's a lot better, isn't it? Or do you want one of these? Depends on the situation. Who said that? (laughs) Depends on the situation. Well, I want some faith. Well, you know, depending. On Thursdays, I do. (laughs) I want a large sword, but not on Fridays. Don't need one on Fridays, because that's when I get together with the girls. No. (laughs) Satan, come on back up for a minute. Here's how the shield and the sword go together. They literally are hand in hand, right? One hand for the shield of faith, one hand for the sword of the word. Here's how they go hand in hand. So come at me, Satan. Now, a lot of people spend all of their life, they've got a nice big shield of faith, but their faith's not active, and they just spend their time hunkered down, hiding from the attack of Satan. I don't want to lift my head up, because if I do, he gets me, so I'm just going to sit at the back there. I don't. But when you've got a sword, you begin to live the promises of God, like the one in James that says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you stand up and you go, hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what, Satan? (laughs) That is a promise that you can hang your hat on. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you know where he's going? He's going to sit with one of these people sitting that's all quiet that keep their head down at the back. He's sitting right beside them. Got you. I don't want to go near those front row people. They got big swords and big shields. I want to spend my time with the people back here that I can irritate and aggravate and upset and do all these kinds of things and I'll keep them hunkered down where I want them to be. They'll never get out from behind that shield. Yeah, they think they got a big shield, but they don't have a sword. You got to have a sword. You got to have a shield. Then you can start living in the promises of God, the word of God. You start taking God at his word. When he says, if you're faithful to me with, with, your, with your treasure, I'll be faithful to you. If you'll be faithful to me with your talents, I'll be faithful to you. If you'll be faithful to me with your time, you won't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Because I own time. And I apportion it as I choose to who I choose. How big of a sword do you want? A big sword, right? All right, what time is it here? 11.18. i got good news for you. There's only another 45 minutes. So, here's the last question. Questions. We made all this mess. Satan did. <laughs> and I tell you. So here's the question. How do you go from this to this? To this. How do you go from this to this to this? Would you like to know? Come back next week. <laughs> That's all I got for you today. Next week, we're going to talk about the process from no shield to little shield to middle shield to big shield, from no sword to little sword to middle sword to big sword. So you've got to come back next week. Now, if you don't want to come back next week, raise your hand now. Are you a person of your word? <laughs> and you people online too. Because I can carry on now. We could finish it. But we're not going to. We're going to come back next week. Wow, what a mess. Did that make sense? It's a nice illustration, isn't it? It is important. You get something out of living in faith. Not just having faith. Amen? Okay, what announcements do we have? Oh, we had um, yesterday.